Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Kelly Higdon and I'm joined today with Mallory Grimsty. She's a licensed clinical social worker teen expert and she is here today to share her struggles with debt and finances as we continue our series when life happens thank you for being here hi thank you for having me <laughs> i have to say this topic is a shame filled topic often and i appreciate your bravery and your honesty and saying like hey this is important. I want to share. So thank Thanks. you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think part of me wanting to volunteer to kind of offer myself up so publicly about this, um, which I definitely like wrote the email and deleted it like a few times. <laughs> uh-huh. But I think part of it is I just kind of wish that I had somebody else out there to kind of validate that other people are in this struggle and that's okay. And I don't know if you remember this and I don't think I shared this at the most awesome conference when we were doing the small round table thing a few years ago, but you had mentioned something to somebody else about how um, a lot of therapists starting their business end up in debtors anonymous. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not in that, yeah. but um, it really was kind of like a light bulb moment that, maybe I should like look at this a little bit more. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. It's something Miranda shared with me and that we've learned through coaching that a lot of people struggle on the money front. And I know this series is like, I was telling, we were talking before I hit record, but the series is a lot about when it happens, when life presents things. Um, and you know, things come up, expenses come up that are unexpected and, and that can be the start, but it can also be just sort of like when we don't know how to handle some of the financial parts of our lives, it can also spiral. So it's not all just happening. It's also part choice or part decision or indecision, you know, but I, I still think it's a huge thing. And, um, I've been like on this huge debt quest for, you know, years of getting out of debt. I paid off all student loans finally. And oh, yeah, I'm just stuff sure. like, yeah, you know, but, okay. oh, just taking adulting. So mm-hmm. I wanted to hear kind of like, when did it start for you? The kind of spending and having, you know, feeling like, oh, I want this. I want that. When did that all kind of begin? Oh, it probably started like when I was a very young kid, (laughs) Uh I just remember growing up. And so I'm one of three, I'm in the middle and uh, my older sister is a lot older than me, but my younger sister is about two years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And so I remember she would like hoard all of her change and her gifts and money and put it in the bank. And I was like, if it's there, let's spend it. Can I have some of yours too? And I was always borrowing money ahead. Uh, you already had credit, a credit line as a kid. 
Yeah, for my uh-huh. little sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and she was on it, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, so it probably started way back then and just continued. I remember I couldn't wait to start working so that I could earn my own money and mm-hmm. spend my own money. <laughs> Emphasis on the spending. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and it just kind of uh, spiraled from there. I think when we start a practice, um, we have a lot of expenses to start. Actually, mm-hmm. compared to other businesses, we don't have a whole lot. You know, if I was a physician, think of all the equipment and stuff I would have to purchase. Mental health professionals, um, body workers. It's not as extensive, but mm-hmm. it is what the it's the thing everybody wants to do first is like pick out the couch and pick out the chairs. Oh, you know, so for you, when you started your practice, how did that kind of love of spending translate? It's interesting because I have actually paid off like my credit card debt and my automobile and most of my um, student loans with the exception of like a very small amount twice already. I'm on my third go around. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons um, that I started in private practice was actually to make a little bit of extra money to mm-hmm. pay off my debt. <laughs> uh-huh. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The supplemental income, right? Yeah. So then as you start getting into it, what happens? Uh, well, I think my biggest struggle besides having to work on my head in the sand mentality um, really had to do with I had a very difficult time figuring out how to manage a variable income. I've always been very good about like I know I'm making X amount of dollars every two weeks and putting that into the calculator and figuring out my expenses like that. Um, And as my business started to get a little bit bigger, I started having dollar signs in my eyes and again started to spend ahead. Mm. And a lot of things I was spending on future things that I wanted to do in my business that I didn't necessarily have the time or energy to spend even using what I was spending it on. So like I bought like a program for Teachable because um, I knew that I wanted to eventually do online courses. I have never even used Teachable for that, so I canceled that, but after a few months of occurring that, um, like I was spending things like that that I didn't necessarily need to spend it on right then and there, and I didn't have it in my budget because I didn't have a budget. (laughs) I was just like, there's money in my account. Let's spend it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I was meeting with our financial planner and she was like, Kelly, you can only sit on this stuff for so long. You do need to, you can spend some of it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm kind of the opposite where I'm like, I don't, you know, um, I have a harder time because I'm, because I, even in coaching, it's variable, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, what's going to come? Is this still going to, you know, even though it's been fine, but I, I totally understand that kind of variable thing. And then when it starts getting momentum and then you're getting more money, it's like, Oh, this is it. You know, I've arrived kind of feeling. Yeah. I would have like one killer week and then I'd be like, Oh yeah, tons of money in the bank account. Um, it's happening. And 
thinking in my head that it was going to keep at that pace without reminding myself that that was just the up, uptick and that it, it goes up and down, mm-hmm. especially in the population that I work with, with teenagers. Uh, because a lot of times in the summertime, you know, some kids go to camp for like a month or something like that. Um, some kids or their families don't always understand the benefit of continuing therapy outside of the school year um, mm-hmm. and buy into the idea that they, their kids deserve a break from therapy too. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to be very honest about what that means and, you know, that's their choice. Um, and I know this about the ebbs and flows and I still <laughs> kind of got lost in that mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when you started out your practice, it was meant to be supplemental yes. to, so that you could have a little extra spending money or pay off. Did you have debt at that point? Like you had, yeah, I did. Yeah. That was my second go around and now I'm on round three. <laughs> <laughs> so you got so I paid it off and I yeah. went back. <laughs> uh huh. Can you talk about like the going back part about like how you found yourself going back? Yeah. So I had paid off my debt um, for the second time and I was very burnt out from my job. Um, I won't necessarily say where, no, my, my full-time job at the time. Um, And so I was like, I can do this. I can jump to private practice now, um, not having work, totally worked out my misunderstandings or mindset about what variable income means mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. planning ahead for that. And so I had a really great course um, from like September to May, which is the school year. And then the summertime hit and I had let go of my marketing. I had let go of some other things and um, it's like, I'm just going to enjoy the summertime. I like never have this much free time. And I enjoyed it so much that I started getting into way more debt again. And so now I'm in a position where I let it grow and I'm working on paying it down again. Mm-hmm. So and paying attention. <laughs> so sometimes the spending happens to fill gaps. Yes. Yeah. Or kind of that reward of, I worked hard, now things have slowed. Oh, yes. I was definitely, it was like a mix of, like, I deserve this, and a mix of, um, at that time, I also wasn't very good with holding my clients accountable for paying me, like, on a timely basis, or if they missed a session, I was giving freebies a lot more freely than probably was therapeutically beneficial Mm. or monetarily beneficial (laughs) on both ends. Um, And I had to do a lot of inner work on that for myself. And now I'm doing much better. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that brings up another good point, Mallory, of sort of that when we've got money issues, like you hear me say over and over again, your business is just a mirror. You know, oh, definitely. It's just another playground where we present our stuff, you know? And so when you've got it in your personal life, it's going to show up in the business. And yeah. Yeah. I kept, I think by me saying to myself, like, I wish somebody would give me a break. 
I was giving a whole bunch of other people breaks. And in, mm-hmm. in the end, I was really not helping anybody in that way. Yeah. Yeah. What has it taken for you to come to terms with like things need to change? Like when it, what's that moment that it's like, I have a problem here that. So there was an issue last summer where um, I've been living at the same apartment since 2011 and I love it. It's like wonderful. The people are great. Um, The area is lovely. Um, And I had always had in my head, like I was going to stay there until I was ready to buy a place of my own. And I wasn't there yet because I was enjoying spending my money. (laughs) And then they raised my rent by a ridiculous amount when they changed owners for the next leasing term. And so I had to quickly like try to find another place that was more affordable because at that point they weren't willing to work with me on the raising of the rent and had, I I could have swung it, but had um, they continued to raise it at that amount of increase, there's no way I would have been able to stay there another year. And so eventually what ended up happening, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I did find another place. Uh, I was going to overlap places for about a month. When I went to go move into the new place, I had a bunch of difficulties not being able to move in on time, which ended up ending with the roof of the, or the top floor. I remember this. Yes. Totally fell through into the apartment that I would have had. And like, thank goodness I wasn't there. I I know. I called them and like cried to them and they were like, yes, you can stay at the same rate. So that worked out, but that was a big wake up call that I was really spending so much beyond my means that I wasn't even in a position that like, I couldn't stay in the place that I like to stay. <laughs> mm-hmm. How does, and, and then, so what was your first step to change? Um, That's a good question. I think it probably like is an ongoing process. I don't know that it was as easy as like step one, step two, step three kind of a thing. Cause I, I know intellectually and rationally what I need to do. (laughs) Um, But the things that I did a little bit differently this time, the things that worked in the past were more geared towards having a fixed income and knowing exactly what was coming in and adjusting from there. So letting, so so letting like your, your employer dictate your budget, so to speak kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I had already started the process of holding my clients more accountable to my policies and being really clear and following through on those sort of things. So that was helping. Um, The other thing that I did was I really delved into Denise Duffield Thomas. Um, Mm -hmm. She um, has, she does the YouTube videos, but she has them on podcasts now too. So Mm -hmm. I just binge listened to a bunch of them. And I ended up being fortunate enough to go see her talk in October in New York City um, with Sarah, who's another boot camper. So that was really eye-opening for me. And I, um, I did end up spending money <laughs> on her course, mm-hmm. but I have to say the lessons in there were really invaluable because it really made me look deep and look hard at my own money blocks and my, my own 
thinking about money that kept this cycle going. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. And I had never before really put the two together that the same thing that we do for our clients and having them go through their own pattern of behavior could mm-hmm. be applied to me and money. Mm-hmm. It's like the Mallory, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a huge light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And through that program, I ended up um, finding that program, you need a budget. And that's really been the only thing that's really helped me figure out how to manage for that variable influx of income because it forces you to look at saving ahead for expenses, not just what's due this week. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things we really try to teach of it's not just um, having enough to pay whatever your expenses are. It's also planning for your future. So like when we talk about setting the fee, we're looking at how much are you going to be contributing to retirement, your business savings, and then your personal savings. So that, you know, the business savings is there for, you know, that I think it also helps too when clients call in sick or you get sick and there's whatever cancellations, things slow. It's summer. You can think, Oh, I've, I've kind of put this in my fee. Like the fee has been set based upon these scenarios. Yes. So I don't need to panic. And then when you have the savings piece, it really kind of, I remember one time one of our clients, you know, went through a natural disaster and literally could not access phones and things like that. And so it really hurt the practice for a while and, but they had savings and I was like, the savings is there for a reason. You've been planning for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think what you're saying too, is that moment of group caving in and <laughs> all that stuff of like, I want to be able to do what I need to do and be prepared, I guess, instead yes. of that thing, instead of trying to fill what really is like frustration with like your business or whatever with like kind of getting satisfied through spending or, or that sort of thing. Have you talked to other therapists about it? Like other colleagues? I have now. <laughs> I had it in the past. Um, Cause I, I think um, part of it was I didn't feel great about it, but another piece of it was I didn't want to fully acknowledge how much of a problem it was. Hmm. Uh, so now I tell people all the time, you know, don't just try to go and chase like any of the dollars because you need to put in, in the steps and wait it out and it will happen. Uh, But don't spend ahead of what you already have. Mm -hmm. 
It's hard because there's so many wonderful things to buy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I think sometimes people become course junkies, for example, like what you were saying when you said like, oh, I had this, I wanted this teachable thing. And, um, yes, and they're so good at the end of like selling you because mm -hmm. you're like, this deal is only for 20 minutes. And you're like, oh, okay, let me pull out the credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I am everybody's prime target. <laughs> I think too, um, do you, well, okay. So there's the, did, did the business have debt as well? Or is it just on the personal side? Like, did it also, did it get replicated, I guess, in the business? It did. Yeah. 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 And so what you've been working on is kind of in tandem, like working through the money stuff because it benefits both. Yes. What do you use for your business budgeting? If you I use, you need a budget. Budget, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I do that. <laughs> Yay. Before it was, there's money in my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not great. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Why, I mean, if someone's li listening to this and is like, oh, maybe that's me, what do you want them to know? Um, I would say, you know, you have to start somewhere, somewhere, someday. Um, why not today? <laughs> it's really, really important to look at where your money is going and how much you're spending on different things. Uh, I realized that one of my biggest budget spending was on takeout food because I was like tired when I went home and like, didn't want to cook. I'm not a great cook anyway. <laughs> mm. And I would have food that I would go and buy at the grocery store and decide that I didn't want to make it. So I was spending like twice on mm. food, which is really silly. And so I, I cleaned that up a little bit. Uh, but one of the other things was really to look at what is like the rate of return on investment in terms of not just spending, but energy. Like mm -hmm. if I can't even use this right now, cause I don't have the time focus or energy to spend on what I need to, to use this program or thing, even if it's a great deal, mm -hmm. it doesn't, I don't have to buy it today. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, for example, so I have someone who comes in every other week to clean the house. She does it way faster than me, honestly. Yes. And I don't have the greatest back. And it will, I will like throw my back out cleaning the house. So in turn, like there's other returns too of like, okay, that is a more benefit to me. Or like, you know, like you do the takeout thing. I found out, yeah, we were eating out a lot. So we switched to doing more like those prep, like meal delivery things. So it's still in our house cooking and we like, put that into the grocery bill and it feels a little different and special, but we eat the food and it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's a little less effort because if you're like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I've made a hundred decisions today and this is the last thing I want to decide on, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I think I, like, I, yeah, I actually, um, a few months ago, I, I've been saying for years, like, I just wish I had a cleaner, all this stuff. And so a few months ago, I did start hiring a cleaner on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And 
just that alone has freed up my time and energy in a way where like now I can cook at home. <laughs> so I'm not, I just traded what I was spending, yeah. but it's still way less than what I was spending on takeout. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too about, it's not that you can't spend it. It's being thoughtful <laughs> about why or how it, like you're saying that return whether it be an emotional, energetic return or an actual financial return. Um, what do you, what's, what's something that you wish you hadn't spent money on in your business? Oh, probably ConvertKit. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you explain what ConvertKit is yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know? So ConvertKit is um, an online mailing um, system. It's like MailChimp or Aweber or I use Mailer Lite now. Yes, so do I. Uh, yeah. Yes, I love it. It's <laughs> and it's free. free. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, ConvertKit, let me tell you, they are really good at selling you on things. And I think that they have a wonderful, great program. And if I ever get to where I have like a huge mailing list and that's the route I want to go, I may consider them in the future. But for what they did, the fact that I was paying them made no sense, especially at the time. I think I had 11 people on my mailing list and one of them was me and one of them was my mom. <laughs> like why was, I would think it was like $29 a month, something like that. Can I, I don't know if you mind me saying this or if this resonates at all. I think another aspect that I hear kind of coming up to is, hoping that this is the thing that will help yeah instead of just trusting that you're enough yes like oh this see to me like software is not like if I invest in it, it's really to gonna save me time or engage people in a way that I can't do because I can't be live all the time for example like automation and stuff but I'm clear on what I want out of it. And I think sometimes we buy like tools and things because we're afraid we're going to miss out. Mm -hmm. And that because like, aren't we smart enough? Like, aren't we enough that you, we can build businesses without all the tools. And then yeah. as you build your business and get to know it, then you can really pick what it needs. And I think it comes sometimes out of insecurity or lack yeah. of confidence. Definitely. Because usually those things would come when I was doing research on, you know, what is the next step? What do I need to do? That sort of thing. And then I would be, you know, down the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. And I need to do that because of shiny object syndrome. <laughs> and as you know, I think I've, I've shared this in the group plenty of times. I am somebody who loves to look at something and really overcomplicate it and then figure out how to simplify it rather than just simplifying it from the start and growing sure. it out. Sure. I need to do all the things and then figure out how to. Yeah. And that also I think contributes to the spending piece as well. Yeah. yeah. Where would you say you're so glad you spent money on in your business? Oh, my virtual assistant, Emily. She is the best person in the world. I cannot express how much I love her. <laughs> mm -hmm. She is somebody who, um, she's just on top of it with helping with 
scheduling phone calls, getting back to people. Uh, there was one day where I just didn't even have a chance to check into my voicemails. And I use Spruce Health now, so we can both access the same voicemails and send each other messages about the mm -hmm. message, which is pretty cool. And I came back and like saw all these like pages from Emily, but I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And it was, I called this person back, I called this person back, I called this person back, and it was just, I could breathe. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I, I think an assistant, when you're not able to get to everything is worth so much. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I know you're still in the process of working your way out of the debt, but I, I have a feeling a lot of people um, are now finding that they're not alone by hearing you. And knowing that, like, there is shame that comes with this stuff and embarrassment, and we don't talk about it. But the only way to, like, you know, work your way through it is to, come, like, look at things. You know, people who meet with their accountant or their financial advisor, you know, sometimes they feel so panic, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to. But the numbers have always been there. You just weren't looking at them. Nothing yeah. is different. Yeah. I think my financial advisor has seen me cry more times <laughs> than any time I've been in therapy. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's so lovely. She's like, this is what happens. It's okay. You're not the only one who comes in here and cries. I'm like, okay, good. As I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think that's the other thing too, like what I hear you saying is, it's not just like saying, okay, here's my budget, I'm going to stick to it. It's also understanding the relationship with money and getting help. Like for you, yeah. it was the course, it's the financial advisor, maybe it's the accountant or whatever. But when we try to solve everything on our own, so that's usually when we, we miss stuff. Because yeah, we need outside experts. I didn't go to school to understand cash flow. <laughs> That's very true of me too. <laughs> and I think um, that takes vulnerability and courage too. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more we're going to discover that this is, this happens a lot. And we can really start planning better in our businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to live from check, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I think the other thing that, like hearing you say that a little bit, the other kind of takeaway I'm hoping people can hear from this is that I often get a ton of feedback that I must be killing it in my practice, and I am. Um, in a lot of ways. Yes. But that doesn't mean that I don't struggle in other areas too, or that I'm not working on things and that that's okay too. And I think because I was hearing from so many people, wow, you're like doing so well. Like, why are you still working at the hospital? You know, <laughs> and getting kind of that like question and yeah, yeah. Um, I was going through a lot of 
kind of internal shame about, well, if I am struggling right now and I should be doing better than what I am, like how can I ask my clients to pay me what I'm worth? And those two are totally, I mean, they're connected to some degree, but they shouldn't be mutual, like, or not mutual. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they shouldn't be intertwined like that. Mm -hmm. Like I have my own stuff that I'm doing and my clients can still pay for the service and value that I'm providing them. Yeah. I think it's why I've really tried to be transparent about how I've struggled for me, it wasn't so much in the spending realm. It was just like in the comprehension realm of finances. Like even the other day, my husband was talking about tax rates and things and he was like numbers and my brain just went numb. And I was like, we, A, I have to be well fed to have these conversations. (laughs) B, it has to be written down. (laughs) You know, I still like, it's, it's a, it's, I have to lean in to really understand and I have to, I have to still ask for help. Like I read my profit and loss. I understand it. I still need someone just to guide me, you know, and it's been a long learning curve. I think we're like, I want to say 12 years into like being intentional and doing things differently. I mean, it's, and it's still, like you said, some things are really great. Like, oh yeah, I paid off my student loans and there's still other stuff like, oh, I got to catch up in retirement or whatever. And I'm sure other people are listening to this thinking like I have even, they have me even bigger, you know, financial hurdles, medical bills, all sorts of things that come up in life. And so I appreciate you saying that of how we perceive other people. We don't know the whole story and I remember asking you like okay why are you still at the job (laughs) you know talking about that and yeah and coming yeah so that's just another beautiful point and I appreciate you bringing that out that there's other stuff yeah (laughs) there always is (laughs) there always is but I think it's beautiful that you're sharing that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So if you guys have questions, if you're listening or you're watching this on the blog, post below. Um, Let's keep this conversation going in our community because it is a big issue. And um, as we all know, the only way to heal is to deal. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yep. All right. (laughs) Until next time, thank you, Mallory, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. All right. Thank you. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.